team. Um, go Eagles for Sherrod Blakely. Oh, I forgot. Ew. I have not forgot. <laughs> I forgot. You will not forget. Damn right. Damn right. You almost Damn went down right. there. You almost went down there. Well, well, yeah, there, there was some, some, some family issues kept me from going down there, which uh, as I look at the list of parties that I was invited to this weekend, um, it kind of sucks that I'm here, but this was a hell of a game. I enjoyed this Memphis game a lot, though. So is this like, I, I, think, we, I think we have two wins of the year uh, in the last week or so. Uh, when you look at, like, the Philly game, how many guys they were out to be able to be. This is what's interesting, too. No. What's going on back there? I think so you the, got two teams, teams ready for the Super Bowl. Two teams that fancy themselves as contenders, one from the West, one from the East, easily top three teams in each conference. Um, and you beat them, you beat Philly without anybody, and that's the game Jalen Brown breaks his face. But you're missing your two centers and Marcus Smart for that game against Joel Embiid, and Brown goes down, so it's Tatum and Ev- and and whomever. And then in this game, you you got your bigs back. You're still down two core players, three Brogdon, um, Smart, Brogdon, uh, and uh, and uh, Jalen. So you're missing three of your top Smooth. six or seven players against a, another contender, and you win. Um, and another great game. And I mean, both of those games were kind of won the same way. And it's interesting because they're won by shooting. But I mean, this is what happens when you're like, you got to throw your Derek Housers and your Peyton Pritchards in the game. What they do is shoot. They've got to shoot once they get in there. And when those shots go down, everything is going great. Uh, and that's kind of what happened tonight. That was a, it was a great, I mean, a, another great team win. And you did it without Tatum having to be top five Tatum. I Man. think for, for me that he might have been bottom like, two Tatum, but yeah, that's fine. This was yeah, this this might have been like bottom ten Tatum. I mean, he wasn't very good at all. He, he did make shots. He did a decent job rebounding, but he wasn't great in that category. And, and to be candid, I mean, he wasn't great at anything, or and marginally acceptable. But that being said, you had so many other guys that stepped up to the moment. Sam Hauser, that was the guy that I, I really. Uh, I thought was really a difference maker in this game. Derek White had a, a lot of big plays and big shots, but we've seen that movie before from, from Derek. But for Sam to step in and shoot with confidence, this was a Sam Hauser that we saw the first portion of the season who was getting, you know, bit minutes here and there. But today, with an opportunity to be a starter, it was like his third start of the season, he was huge. I mean, he was a big part of them being able to really kind of get into a good flow offensively with him knocking down some shots early. And throughout the course of the game, I thought he had a really good rhythm that they're going to need from him, uh, you know, once the entire gang is back together. And, and, and Sam, I had a chance to talk with him before the game uh, just about his role. And for, with him, the mindset is really simple. Just control what you can control. It sounds easy, but when you're playing more minutes, it's a lot easier to control what you do. You're not worried about if I miss a shot or two, you know, all, they're going to bring in Jalen back in the game, or they're going to bring Tatum back in the game. He knows he's got a little bit more room to work with, and to his credit, he's making the most of that. And he's playing, it looks like, a lot more freer uh, than we saw, you know, or there's like a 10-50 game stretch, but he just really wasn't very good. I think I think what he's trying to do, Sherrod, and, and what the Celtics are trying to see, if he can cement a role in this rotation. And that's going to be huge for the Celtics moving forward, because like you said, the way he started in, in, in the beginning of the regular season, he fell off a bit. We weren't quite sure who he is, but I mean, this is another sign in that direction that he can cement that role. That will be crucial for the Celtics, especially if we're looking down the road in the postseason. And I think we'll get a good uh, test against the Milwaukee Bucks. But yeah, I mean, like, like what, what you said, you know, it's interesting, too. I was telling Bobby this um, towards the end of the game, how what Brad Stevens had to say before last game, right, about, you know, the trade that they made and, and bringing guys in, guys that fit, but guys that know that they're not going to play a whole lot of minutes. And because how important that person is, it's going to take away minutes from guys like Hauser, guys like Derek White. He even mentioned Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, it kind of is a trickle-down effect to that. So I think I thought of Sam Hauser in that regard and thinking, man, if, if he can cement that role, you know, he's been with this team since last year, especially the year that they went to the NBA Finals. Even though he, was, he wasn't active, he was with the team. I think all that is relevant, and I think this would be a perfect spot for him because the Celtics need that type of offense coming off the bench. And I think right now he's making a strong case. Yeah, I mean, how different is the – again, I mean, Bruce you can almost – you can almost like track the early season success to like Sam Hauser's success in the sense of like, obviously he wasn't the integral factor, but you can see like when they had that lineup where they were able to spread it 
move the ball around quick uh, and uh, get into the shooters and they were hitting it, um, good things were happening. Uh, and those guys were involved in the game and they were knocking down their shots. And again, albeit a ridiculous clip, but like, I really believe just watching Hauser shoot in those oh, in that in the first month, like there's no way he's not a 45% three-point sh- shooter if you give him opportunity. And if he shoots it at that good a clip, that offsets everything else. The reality was the guy like Hauser is he almost has to shoot that well. He has to shoot mid-40s from three to kind of offset, you know, everything else about his game to make him playable. But when that shot's not falling, it's really hard to justify the minutes. So I don't know what the change is. You think he, like, just went through some glitchy moment um, or, you know, where he he was in his own head? Or I mean, I definitely feel he was rushing his shot just because he wasn't getting as many opportunities and he felt he had to get him up when he was out there. But what's different right now? Like, I can't quite put my finger on it. I mean... In a strange way, being shorthanded may be part of the reason why, because you're forced to rely on people uh, more than you normally do. Ball's not sticking as much, and yes, this is not a shot at Jalen Brown, but the reality is Jalen and uh, Jalen and Jason take 42 shots a game between them. There's only so much to go around with everybody else, so there's some games where you're just not going to be as involved. So you're almost forced to play team basketball. It is interesting the two of the best team wins that they've had um, in the last, you know, second half of this season have been when they've been so ridiculously shorthanded and everyone's right. had the chip in the way that they did tonight. Yeah, but what's happened Sam- to those wins, John? You know, 20-plus three-pointers. Like, that's that was huge for the Celtics, and it was huge. Both, neither one Tatum, neither one Tatum played well, Philly in this one, but right. everybody yeah. else did. Neither one Tatum shot well, and 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 and, 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 and everyone else contributed right. huge. And guys like Hauser, like the, the game that he put together today, and then you look back at what Derek White did. You know, Marcus Smart made a joke saying that, oh, he's going to, he, he, he might tie my, my three-point record. You know, like, that's the kind of production that I think is, has obviously made an impact, and, and that's how you're able to survive games when Tatum not having one of those 20-point performances and you don't have Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. Well, I think when you look at Sam, I think him specifically, there had to be a stretch of what I would call just coming back to earth moments for him. Because when you look at the way he was shooting the ball at the start of the season, it was insane for him to save that clip. And even coming into this game, even with all the ups and downs he's had, he was still a 41% three-point shooter this season coming into this game against Memphis. So there are guys, I mean, think about it. We're, at the, basically we're beyond the halfway point, and he is shot better than 40% for three-point range, which is about where he should be when, when all is said and done. So for him, I, I think he had to go through a stretch where he just basically sucked so that his numbers would be more realistic and in line with what he's capable of doing. But the one thing that we're seeing with Sam Hauser is when he does get a chance to play significant minutes, in fact, Today was the fourth straight game that he's played 20 or more minutes, and he's never done that before. So yeah. when you look at his numbers in this stretch, and you're seeing you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 points per game average, uh, shooting like over 50% for three-point range, shooting around 50% from the field, that's who this guy kind of is uh, when he's playing those kind of minutes. This but, is a 31-minute game from Sam Hauser. Yeah. I mean, if you – 20 Good. points – and 31 minutes, and he, he took, what, I think 11 shots or something like that? And, he didn't take a ton of six, shots. Six of 11 from three, seven of 12 overall. Right. Uh, made that right. first backdoor cut from Rob Williams on that nice set play that Joe kind of designed to start the game. That was his only non-three attempt and only non-three right. field goal. Uh, a wide-open right. layup on that on that, on the back door. Everything else was from three. 20 points, 31 minutes, finishes a plus one. So, again, that's how hot he has to be to kind of play it kind of even, you know? Um right. But that's fine because you need the shooting out there. You're if you're gonna put somebody out there, you know, in these minutes, it, it, it helps when they're good at at least one thing. And Sam Hauser is really, really, really good at one thing, and that thing is extremely valuable. So being mm-hmm. able to hit those shots, you'll take it. You'll take, you know, anything. You'll take any of the negative if he can if he can go out there and confidently take that shot and just let it fly every time it comes to him. Yeah, and it definitely helps when he knows that he doesn't. If he misses a couple, he's gonna he's not gonna be yanked. I mean, I think there's some truth yeah. to that. And the fact that he was just shooting ridiculously in that first month, you know, it was the law of averages. There was a cold front coming, right? Like we all knew that was going to happen. But I think now he's found, he's settled in. He's sort of found a happy medium. And I also think the confidence that he's he's built on on the defensive end. I mean, I think that helps as well. I think a lot of the time when he was getting pulled, it was because he was getting burned on defense. And Joe Mazzillo just didn't trust him. It's like, hey, if you're not gonna hit shots out there, I mean, you're 
you're not helping us, you know? So I, I think now he's found I mean, that confidence and that, and that touch, the outside touch. He went two months. He was 28% after that scorching that hot cold, November. Man. Yeah. Was, December. Was 20, I mean, uh, he, in, in December, rather. He was 28% yeah. in December, 31% from three in uh, in, Janu- in, in uh, January. That's two ice cold months. But as Sherrod pointed out, he got last four in, games, uh, 31 probably. minutes, 32 minutes, 20 minutes, 31 minutes. 20, 12, 14, 15, and again, he's shooting from three, six of 11, four of right. nine, four of four, five of nine. Just lights out, 54% from three this month. Um, so, I mean, again, you would rather it just stay at 42, 43 always because these mm-hmm. highs and lows make it difficult to determine whether or not, you know, what you've got. But, um, you know, it's it's hard to fully buy in because, I mean, let's this isn't an anomaly. It's not like he went on a two-week shooting, like, slump. It you know he, he he was bad for two full months, Couple and this months, is a guy yeah. who they didn't trust to play a minute last year, despite the fact that every time you threw him down to Maine, he'd go hit freaking twelve threes a night. You know, like you know he can shoot all day. Uh, and again, there's still those trust issues uh, there. I don't know how you determine what you do here. Like you're playing him now because you have to play him now. You're down Jalen. You have no wing depth. You just missed out on one buyout candidate. It is what it is. But you have to play him, and he's making the most of his opportunity. The question becomes when you get everybody healthy and you are selecting to play him or not play him in that second unit and for how long and whether you bring him back for any significant second-half run is almost always going to be determined by whether or not the threes are going down that night or how bad the defensive matchups are. There's no way you can it's going to go back because you're always going to be in that position he gets that second unit run and it's either falling for him or not so i fear it's going to kind of fall back into that cycle no matter what but it's nice that he's making you taking advantage of this opportunity well he's going to have to i think continue to make the most of his opportunities and he's just got to make the most of it yeah yeah he has to figure out a way to be able to impact the game in a, in a, in a noticeable way other than making shots that's what's going to get him on the floor with some type of consistency. Because right now, you're right, John. I mean, he basically is in case we're not making shots, let's go to Sam. Uh, in, in case we got a matchup where the defense isn't that great, let's throw Sam out there. He's got to get to the point where he can either, whether it's, uh, I don't think he'll ever be a facilitator, but I do think he can be a good rebounder at his position because he's, he's a little bit stronger than I thought. Um, he's got to figure out what can he do to help beyond just making shots. Uh, could be he could become a good ball mover, you know, maybe a hockey assist type guy. Uh, but he's got to figure something out if he's going to be a, anything other than just a spot duty guy. Because right now, you know, you, you have to look at him going into the postseason as a guy that you're not going to play every night. But when you're playing a team that has maybe a weak perimeter defensive group, that's a great night to play. Or, or a team that, you know, just doesn't really care that much about that side of the ball. He can make he can hurt those teams. Yeah, but other than that, he's going to be very limited. You're going to have to – he's going to be doing a lot of what we're doing. That's why. Well, the first yeah. month, he was doing a little bit of those backdoor cuts, and, and they were finding him down low. But, yeah, I'm with you, Rod. If he can find better ways to be effective without the ball in his hand, I mean, that's that, that'll help. But, um, yeah, I, I just think with, with no Jalen, no Marcus, I mean, the, the minutes are there for him. The opportunity is there. He, he sees that moment. I, I, we have to – Give him credit for that for sure because um it's not it's not easy. This is a tough spot, right, to, to be in, especially against a team like the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, a lot of guys couldn't get anything at the rim, it seemed like. So many missed layups in this game, and they needed to spread the floor off on, on offense, and he was a huge part of that along with guys like Derek White as well. Well, the one thing he did yeah, say to me that I, I, I thought was interesting. Yeah, the one, the one thing that Sam said to me before the game that I thought was interesting now I think about it was how this is really his first year of playing, and he is going through a a lot of the things with first-year players go through. If you're having a certain amount of success, guess what? The, the scouting report for you the next time you, you're on the floor is going to be a little bit different. And so if you haven't figured out how to adjust and adapt, it's going to be hard for you to do that, and particularly when you haven't had opportunities to get out there and make mistakes and learn from those mistakes, which I don't think Sam did because, again, no, no, with all due respect to Sam, the guys ahead of him are, are ahead of him for a reason. They're just better overall players. And so for him, this is a great opportunity for him to not only get out there and play, but figure out what he needs to do going forward to be a better player so that he can better position himself, maybe not in the playoffs this year, but maybe going into in the training camp next year to be a regular rotation guy as opposed to the three-point specialist slash, you know, spot duty guy. 
Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm curious to see it. it's again, it's, it's a weapon that you just want to feel that you can, you know, you, as you said, Sherrod, make the most of those opportunities when he has them. It is going to be interesting now because again, uh, the Muscala edition, I know they play a different position, but it is interesting the types of lineups that you can throw out there uh, now that you have, you know, that, you know, that type of player who can, uh, you know, kind of fill in, uh, you know, as a big, though it's not a, you know, a, a great interior presence, but also can just get out there to that three point line and, and, and fire away as well. It's an interesting dynamic because if you can get these guys going, you've really kind of changed a little bit the overall dynamic of that second unit offense. Um, you know, when you're when you're throwing them in there, when everybody's healthy, when Brogdon returns playing with one of the Jays, but now Muscala, possibly Hauser, possibly Pritchard in on those minutes. That's a lineup that might be able to 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 knock down some shots and can really spread the floor. It'd be interesting to see how they choose to kind of, you know, who is going to play, who is going to rotate in there, uh, what they do there when they do have that full lineup, because now you've got some choices. You have Marcus Smart coming back, uh, but obviously Derek White's been playing outstanding the last few games uh, and there are some people who aren't going to want to see him jump out of that starting uh, lineup right now. Uh, and, you know, you know, possibly keep Jalen Brown on the bench, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. start Hauser. No, I'm just kidding. But the, uh, you know, <laughs> you always got to find a way, huh? Got to find. I a held way that. If I held yeah. that for a while, Jalen, you know, it, it was bad enough when folks started chanting MVP for Grant Williams, and I'm thinking Jalen never gets that. Jalen never. If gets I that. held that for five I know. minutes, yeah. Think How did Grant get it before Jalen? That's so my true. Computer would have exploded. <laughs> Yeah, like I mean, we know the chat would have somehow caused my computer to explode. We know the fans were clearly, you know, got things started early in terms of Super Bowl Sunday for them to start a chant for MVP for Grant Williams. But you're right, Sherrod. Not once have we seen that for Jalen, even on nights where he's come up big and, and carried the team to a to a victory. He's never heard it. Yeah. We got we got to no. we got to get an no. MVP chant for Jalen at least at least one time. At least one time. John's we like absolutely. Sounds like hell. <laughs> Look, what, you, what, what John was saying about the second unit and, and, and them putting together a, a strong group of, let's just say, four, right? I mean, I, I think it. that would be the JB plan, disrespect right? is real. I mean, that's that's ideal. I mean, that, that's why you go out and get someone like Muscala, who happens to shoot 40% or 39% from behind the yard. I mean, that's designed well, Muscala, to give you he's like Kelly, a he's guy like, that you don't have. That's a, that's a weapon you don't have. Yeah, I mean, he reminds me a little bit. I mean, he's like a poor man's Kelly Olenek in a lot of ways. Uh, a big who can shoot threes, defense, it is what it is. Rebounding, right. it is what it is. But damn it, he can shoot threes. And, and I, I give Muscala a lot of credit. Uh, what did he do within 10 seconds of checking into the game tonight? Three ball, up, launch. Uh, I'm going to call him launch pad because every time he catches the ball, he's just launching it up. Uh, with Regardless of whether a play was called for him or not, he catches the ball and you give him space to up that shot. Um, and I, it takes a certain amount of confidence to do that. Uh, and he's got that. And, I, and the, the one thing about him that I would say uh, that really jumps out, and I, I talked to one of the, the Celtics execs about this today, was that he's a guy that if he goes out there and gets you 20 points, you're not really surprised because you know he's got that in him. He's not going to give it to you every night, but you know that's, that's who he is. If Luke goes out and gets you 15 points, we're leading the show, talking about how amazingly awesome Luke Cornett is. That's the difference between a guy that could potentially playoffs that you know going in, kind of what you're getting, versus a guy who's a, a, a true wild card, which is, I, you know, I put Luke Cornett in that wild card category. I put Sam Hauser in that wild card category. And if you're the Celtics, you as much as you like to have those around, you want guys that you kind of know what the hell you're dealing with. That's why you go and get a Malcolm Brogdon. So you know you're going to get 15 to 20 points off the bench in the playoffs every game from that guy because that's what he does. By the way, as a quick aside, I just I, I, I love the idea. That's exactly what guy. I said too, Dudley. I said that. That's what I told you. John, that's John. I love you guys. That's John. Listen, I love the idea of Jalen Brown respect. A guy who finished second in the uh, second in the fan vote, third in the media vote. Okay, as a guy who's disrespected, I don't understand where you people think the disrespect is coming from. He's a largely beloved person. If anything. He gets more – I'm not even going to say more respect than he deserves. He gets plenty of respect and love from people, plenty. Jalen Brown is not wanting for it. This is this is people picking on outliers or people like me and being like, oh, everyone disrespects Jalen. Jalen Brown is it's like adored. The, adored. It's like the market smart, bro. Yeah. 
But you know, but, but John, it was 50 50 yeah. not too long ago, you know, a year ago. So, or Marcus is legit split. Jalen is not split. It is a you think Marcus is still first, you think it's still Jalen is know. a first round knockout, clearly massively loved and respected player by media and fans alike. Like, insanely. So, you put up a poll would you trade Jalen Brown for like LeBron James year seven? And everyone would be like, never, no, never. No. That's crazy. You know, like Celtics fans would vote 80 20 for, 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 for Jalen over prime LeBron. Like, it's it's please don't tell me he's disrespected. But there's just enough in the fan base of disrespect to keep the narrative just alive. Yeah. There's little just blood enough. In the water, a little blood in Which the water. Which is what we're here for, right, guys? Exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. And, 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 it, and it feels irrational when you look at what he does. You look at the impact that he makes. You look at the fact that, yeah, does he does he hunt shots? Yeah, but so does Tatum. And last time I checked, both of those guys are good at it. Um, yeah. So I, 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 I love it. I absolutely, and, and Jalen loves it, too. I mean, he, he won't admit it, but he absolutely – feeds off that stuff um yeah. you don't have to you don't have to spend a lot of time reminding him of what draft night was like uh, yeah. you don't have to spend a lot of time you know him you know being reminded about the kd rumors and all that stuff um he feeds off that and i respect that he he channels that energy in the best way you should go out there and kick somebody ass show the them why they're wrong take it on the court Take it on the yeah. wave. Tell, tell, tell it John Zanis to shut the F up. That's what he's, that's what he's doing. John's, get him out of here. <laughs> get him out of here. Him over him. <laughs> we need Bobby Manning in here. Enough. What's up? What's up, Bobby? What's goody? Just stopped by Celtics locker room. Good to talk to Peyton Pritchard. Rob, good to hear from him as well. Asked him all of John's injury questions. Didn't get much for uh, John, but. Give it a shot in there. And he played well by the end of the game, so it really didn't even end up being as, as big of a story as it looked early on. But, if they lost yeah, I, I saw I saw early on, John, a lot of the stuff he did. Those missed bunnies are just piling up from him. It's you know what somebody put it well. I, I it's funny because like you know I threw it out on I, you know I've been I've been on this for a little bit the Rob stuff, uh, and and I threw it out there and somebody put a, a good comment. He's active, just not as uh, vertical and not as explosive. He's still extremely active. His hands, he's but you see him batting more balls than he is snatching them. You see him with more of those little bunnies. Then someone else kind of put it to me. It's like you're seeing less of that quick twitch stuff, which is always one of the great things about him is how quick he can get up and down. What about on those alley-oops, though? And then, but when yeah, he loads up, when he loads up for it, he's he can get up and when he's got a full run at the basket and he loads up. But he's got less of that quick jump sort of stuff when he's flat on his feet than he had before. Because you would see that. I always thought that was one of the most amazing athletic things that he could do. Verbally. How quick he could get off yeah. his feet and how quick he could land after jumping and get back up. And you're seeing a little less of that. So, again, it's interesting because you see some stuff and you're like, huh. What the hell, man? On that alley oop, yeah. his head was—he literally almost, you know, took a bite out of the rim. Uh, and then other times, he's flat-footed, and you see him just kind of try to lay this little bunny, and you're like, dude, just get up, you know? Yeah. So he's there's something there, right? But then as the game progresses, he's making more impact, keeping balls alive, offensive rebounds, you know, right place, right time, you know, cleaning up the glass, and you know, obviously, like you know, made it made a made an impact. Yeah, and he acknowledged well, a significant injury. impact. Huh? The ankle injury probably knocked him back some. Uh, well, he did he, go back a little bit. So he he's not quite where he was last year. You know, he said as such, and he's, he said he's that. close. You know, he's close. He's getting there. He thinks he has a couple steps to go. A lot of it's going to be repetition, he says, being out there again and again. But not much acknowledgement of any physical limitations, really, uh, hitting, hurting, hurting him at all this year, even though it doesn't quite look like he's that same guy. But you've had Brogdon saying, this isn't full Rob yet. Uh, other guys saying that throughout, like he's yeah. building up toward that. And we had the whole minutes thing. Now he's playing steady 30 minutes. He hits 32 tonight, which is probably right up there for his high, if not bad. Uh, so, listen, I expected it to be worse this year. Back-to-back 16 rebound games, a few big three, finishes. Three late. straight 15, right? Yes. Three I think he had 16. Plus? Yeah. So, two huge assists late as well uh, from under the basket for three-pointers. So those were all crucial plays. He ends up having a solid game by the end of it. Whoever's like got the dumpster rolling behind them, you might want to mute. Is that you, Bobby? You'd like to be a little more efficient, but overall, a solid game. Wait, I didn't want to mute Bobby while he was talking. No, that was it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. What do you guys think of Rob's performance, for real? Because it is tough because, again, there are he looks for a lot of the game, and he looked a lot last game, that physically there's just less 
Rob. There's less of the stuff. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Less of the stuff we've been accustomed to from Rob. It feels like he's picking and choosing his spots more so than sure. he's done in the past. And, and I, I understand that, and I hope that's what we're seeing. I hope that there's not some type of physical limitation where he's got he's to get warmed up before he can get back to being the Rob that we saw. I don't think – I mean, I don't know whether it was just a coincidence that he looked a little bit kind of picking and choosing his spot early on, and then all of a sudden he's catching lob dunks for doing the things that we're used to seeing later in the game. Uh, I don't know whether that was just coincidence or whether it's it, again whether him kind of building up to that throughout the course of the game, um, but I'm I'm hoping that's what it is. I'm hoping that it's not that he's had some physical limitation and he's got to work that out in, while playing because uh, he's such an important part of what this team wants to do this year. So that's uh, kind of the whole question. Mental too, but yeah, that's the whole question, Sherrod. I would agree. It's either um, if he's there's a there's a like a combo platter here. There could still be conditioning issues there where his simply jumping a lot is tiring and he's conserving himself and he recognizes he's got to play more minutes. Also recognizes maybe he's carrying a couple extra pounds and never really got himself into terrific shape post surgery and he's still kind of ramping up there. So he's picking his spots because he knows he goes all out. He's not going to have enough left. So he is intentionally playing at 70%. That's totally possible. That would be the best case scenario by far. The nightmare scenario, which everybody I think freaks out every time they watch him, gets swatted because he didn't go up for a dunk and just kind of put this little bunny put back or he doesn't jump up for, you know, uh, you know, he doesn't dunk when he could have dunked and instead lays it in. Um, is did you, is Rob gone? Is that version of Rob we fell in love with that we've seen over the last couple of years gone forever? That's the scary no. thing. That's nobody gives a crap if it takes him until mid-April to get his physicality back if it comes back. But it's a question of not knowing. Nobody knows. Oh, and the other thing you throw in is other little in- injuries like ankles and this and that. If it's all contributing to it, and and the real the real Rob is there in there somewhere and will come out at some point again, then none of this matters. None of it. Yeah, that's but true. That's especially, what we don't know. especially if he's just yeah. working on his touch around the rim and trying to be you know the, the finesse layups as opposed to putting more energy that slamming it home. But I mean, I, I wonder how much of it is mental. You know, how much is it is trying to get back into the groove that he was in, trying to match the same energy with the wrong, along with his uh, teammates. But then also you have to preserve that a bit, right? You have to – Rob knows that he's going to be playing a lot more minutes down the road. So he's trying to figure out, you know, just where he – where to fit in, especially on offense, I feel like. And I think the the, the concern that I see that, – that I'm seeing, which is the same thing you're saying, John, the fact that his, his leaping ability and not slamming it home, or even before we were talking about how he would turn his back to the basket without looking for a pass, I mean – that's part of his game as well, but he's got to be a little more selfish sometimes. And I would like to see him slam it down or make the layups. I mean, that's what worries me when he's not converting those layups. I mean, that's the part of his game that he has to get down because it changes some things of when, it he, has, when he's scoring, when he's around the, when he's some scoring around it, the Some of it has to be approach. There's no way around it. The team's approach in finding him, his approach in being aggressive in there. You talked last game about the little hook he put up that got swatted away. He got blocked a couple times in this one, I think, as well. Uh, he put back the second time over uh, Conchar, or I think it was Aldama. So I think he's just trying to find his spots on the floor within this new offense, regain that aggressiveness. Aggressiveness. I'm sure there's some tentativeness coming back from this injury. But the other thing you can't help but wonder, John, and, yeah, it's hard to get an answer out of guys on this. I don't think guys want to admit they're limited if they are. Does that surgery take them back at all after does it continue to impact Nobody him going knows. forward? Because the nature of that surgery can be devastating to guys. We've seen it with Kemba. We've seen it with Alonzo uh, Ball. We've seen it with n- countless guys throughout this league over the years, especially when you get the treatment he did. It can impact you over the long term. We well, said yeah. it at the time. Quicker return, bigger long-term risk. If he took the year off like Jaron Jackson did, it would have been a much different long-term outlook for him, but he would have missed the playoffs. And those comments, John, right from training camp, I think you were there on media day. I was I, asking I, him about it. Like, I, I, did you I have played to in the do finals. It, you know, like, I, I, yeah, we had I'm a chance like, to win a championship. I played yeah. in the finals. So that kind of sounds ominous to me. Like, they knew there was some risk. They knew there'll be some impact going forward from doing the surgery, but it was worth a shot in a championship. And that's just what they'll both have to grapple with going forward. Yeah, but it is hard to get that answer um, because no one's going to – I mean, you're not going to be like, yeah, I'm cooked, you know, yeah. athletically. Like, <laughs> you know. So Man, I'm never going to be the same. <laughs> yeah, 
I'm worried, guys. I'm worried about it. He's never going to say that. You have to be. <laughs> no, I'm saying he's going to say that about himself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you have to be as, as us. I mean, but it's everything. Missoula flat out called him out when he returned. Like, basically, was like, he's not even close to in shape. Like, what needs to happen with Rob? He's like, he's got to get in shape. He's clearly way out of. I mean, he was not. And that's gone much better. He was, and so now he's lasting thirty minutes. I mean, when he first started playing, he literally after three trips up and down the floor was toast. He couldn't get going at all. He was not even close to game ready when he started playing. So you can excuse the first 10, 12 games, no matter what. Then on top of that, he's had a couple of ailments and ankle issues. So again, the really optimistic and hopeful thing is it's fine. He's just didn't have time to recondition properly. He has, has had a couple of minimal, you know, minor injuries since then that have, that have held him back. And he's, you know, still not all the way back, you know, in terms of being in shape to be able to give it a full go for all of the 30 minutes he's expected to play. That's the best case scenario. And that's what I'm still holding on to. But again, even at 70, 80% of whatever it is that he could be physically, he still made a massive impact today. I agree. Yeah. He, those passes particularly, and we always go back and forth. I'm going to go look at him again, but can he put it up in those spots? More often than not, he's going to look to pass it out. And I think one was to White, I want to say. And what I got to go back and actually look at who they went to. But two enormous assists for threes in the second half with Memphis within single digits at that point. Uh, he, he helped extend straight leads when he was out there. He ends this one a plus nine along with White and uh, Grant. I think that led the team in the fourth quarter. Uh, so you really extended your leads with him out there in the fourth in particular. For the game, he ends up a plus seven which was uh, third on the team. So you're still getting these nice, nice runs with him out there. Um, And the biggest thing of all is this defense, the level they've returned to now. It doesn't look like last year's. Last year's had that suffocating feel to it where you would really notice, as you talked about, John, like it it looking like eight Like five on six. Yeah, Yeah. it was insane. But it's almost as impactful now since he's been back. Teams are really struggling to score against them. Tonight, Memphis – had a fight to get to 100. But a shit ton of points in the paint. So, again, you want to see Rob be – and that's – you know, they do that. You want to see Rob be a little bit more of a rim deterrent. Obviously, you have guys like Morant, who is such a good finisher. You know, that's going to be hard, and he's making really difficult shots that most people can't make in there. But, I mean, they still got 50-something points in the paint uh, there, and you'd like to button that up a tad. But, I mean, whatever. That's where they have to get it because they're just not that great a shooting team. Yeah, they're seventh in defense in the new year. Fourth in February, right at there with Milwaukee. And how big of a game is that on Tuesday? Yeah, that'll be fun. They were right, right behind you coming into this one. Ten straight wins, thirty-seven points a game for Giannis over that stretch. It's gonna be a big one. Chris Middleton's back. Um, this is one of those big ones for a regular season. There's gonna be a real race for that one seed. It looks like, and now you have to be able to defend on the road against them, that, that position. They've really been in for all year. They've slipped a lot, but other teams have had their losing st- stretches simultaneously while the Celtics have. So it allowed them to stay in that position through that 16 and 11 stretch. Now, you know, approaching March, you're actually going to have a race, I think, for this top seed, at least with Milwaukee. You fended off in Philadelphia for a game. They always scare me. They always do because it's just the relentlessness of Giannis and how important it is for Horford to stay healthy, to be that Giannis deterrent, Grant to stay active and involved and playable to be out there as that Giannis deterrent. And then you always worry about the Rob matchup with, with Giannis in particular too. So this is where that front court conversation we've been having all week. Did they do enough? Are they going to be healthy enough? Do they stack up against the Giannis and Embiid? They did a great job on Embiid early in the week. I'm sure they'll do a good job on Giannis again. But that's what makes that position so important. And as Bo Pett wrote in that story, John, you had rivals saying, like, they're they're worried about this group and their sustainability into the playoffs. You go get Mascala, who has another good game tonight. But yeah, you don't feel good about him as those guys in the position but again, I, on the defense. We started the show talking about this, Bobby. It's, again, you know, it's interesting where you can have a game where, like I said, it's the second game this week where Jason Tatum didn't play particularly well, didn't shoot well, and you had, uh, and you're still missing multiple players where they were able to beat 
an extremely good team. So something's no happening. So again, no Brogdon, no Jalen, no Smart. I mean, it's three of your top six or seven players. You did it Philly without four players. Uh, there's something there right now that's that, that that's happening. Uh, I'll, I'll bring it back to Sherrod and get Bobby's take too because we talked about it a little. It's like, you know, how much of it is? Well, the shots are falling because that's what happened against Philly and again tonight against today against Memphis. Uh, how much of it is uh, any sort of change in 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 in, in you know? their approach to how they're going at things. Cause it is interesting that when you're down people, Bobby, particularly um, ISO kind of shot makers like Brogdon and Jalen, you have no choice, but to play a team game. Yeah. And they've done that. Well, I love the passing tonight and Tatum too, moving, counteracting those early struggles. And I guess game long struggles from the field, tough time, tough game to get to the rim against Jackson, that back line. He passed well. Yeah. He got to the free throw line. Still a big difference for him this year. He's able to have good games when he's yeah. not shooting well. And then the ball movement gets uh, Rob involved late. A lot of this falls on White, obviously, too, with another 10 assist yeah. game. But Hauser's involvement has been awesome. 19 to 33 shooting stretch he's on right now. 57% from three over the last four. He's on fire again. And really the whole team – is getting back to their numbers that they should be. Like Grant's a little low at 36. Al probably a little lower than he was early in the year at 35. But in February, they've shot well. Tatum's 41% yeah. from three coming in the night in February. Uh, they, they're back to hitting from there. And 21, night after you hit 25. I think the night before that, you had another huge three-point shooting night as well. They're back to that early season, but at least are close they, to a shooting. I'll, I'll ask again, yeah, Sherrod, just wait. Are they too reliant? Again, everyone says this, and it's I, I don't know because I fell in love with it early in the season uh, and kind of really bought into it. But then you see them go cold for two months. You know, yeah. I, I, do you want to see this team as the offensive identity is kind of spread it and let it fly? Are they too reliant on the three, or is this the way yes. that this team's going to win offensively? Yeah, well, they're, they're, they're reliant on the three. They're, they're relying they, on they, three when Tatum is not having a great scoring performance, you know, or he can't get his touches or he's not getting to the rim the way he likes. And I, I don't – I think it's part of their character at this point. I don't think it's something like they're too reliant on it, but they're going to seek that shot. Missoula hasn't fallen off of that stand of saying, if it's a good look, take it, you know. Maybe not so early in the shot clock, but if it's a good shot, I want you to take it, especially if, if they're open. So I don't think that changes. Yeah. I think they, they have to they have to have better balance with it. I mean, they talk a lot about, you know, passing up good shots for great ones. Well, I got to be honest with you. If Al Horford has the ball on the block and he's guarded by, by you know, John Morant, I feel that that's a better shot than swinging it out to wide open Sam Hauser. Even though Sam may be open, but if, if Al's like five feet from the rim and he's got a five-footer guarding him, I want him to take that shot. Um I think they're still trying to find that balance between being an inside-out team, uh, and I think they're much more reliant, too reliant, in my opinion, on just living and dying by the three-point shot. And for the most part, they've been able to do that this year. But if you're not going to play a more balanced inside-outside game, then your defense has to be elite. And I think that's what really has been the one development that we've seen from the beginning of the season to now that has allowed them to still be kind of in that shot-chucking, live and die by the three-point shot mode because they're deep so much better and that gives them a chance to kind of limit the impact of those nights when they're not making shots but to me why why settle for that when you can just be greedy and try to have a a balanced offense that recognizes mismatches on a block take advantage of those which as the game progresses are going to lead to even better shots on the perimeter i don't think they do enough inside outside ball al horford I think he does a pretty good he does a pretty good job of it. And I thought he did a really good job tonight. He had this one pass where he drew like three defenders in the paint and just swung it to Derek White. And it wasn't so much the pass; it was where the pass was when Derek caught it. Yeah, he was able to catch it, gather, release in one fluid motion. It wasn't like he was yeah. catching the ball <laughs> up high and bringing it down, or it was at his ankles. It was perfect for a guy to catch, gather, and release in one motion. Now, when you're doing yeah. that, that's inside outside yeah. basketball that I think. The game is going to help you. No. You do have yeah, – you know, you're going to get point. fewer paint point. touches, though, when you've got no Brogdon, no JB. You know, it's just built that right. way. Like, there's just fewer guys who are going to get there. And so and you're, for, you're forced with these lineups to do that, you know? 
that's another. But that's a good I point wanted. because you want to see more of that in and out, in and out ball, especially yeah. against the, against the Bucks. I mean, remember what happened last time? They caught the Bucks off guard with that. So it'll be interesting to see how they do with, with Horford and his approach offensively uh, Tuesday night because that was that was a big advantage for them, especially early on. Al had a big game. Yep. Yeah. Or Friday too. Uh, they they're still twenty fourth in in rim attempts per game, and it's hard to factor in the amount of free throws you're drawing in there because those obviously aren't shot attempts. But they've been low all year there. Part of it's the drive and kick game, as you talk about inside out. They're looking to part of it is none of your your bigs don't shoot down low. But that's the big one. You don't have outlets down there. So really, the only guys who are shooting quality looks at the rim on this team are Brown and Tatum. You lose some of that in Brown. White made up for some of it, but yeah, Brogdon struggled at the rim. I know, but he made he makes attempts. You know, he's the only guy. Those guys attack. You don't have outlets. You don't have the bigs who are going to go there and finish almost all of them. All your rotation bigs right now. If you're going to throw Grant in there, Rob doesn't shoot at all, and Horford, Muscala, and uh, and 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 uh, Grant all are all better behind the three point line. So there's really no pressure. Uh, you know, no pressuring the rim. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Celtics. Great win. One of, again, two best win of the year sort of wins, uh, shorthanded against extremely uh, good teams, teams that are, you know, teams that have, I mean, they're top three in the standings in their respective conferences uh, with Philly and Memphis. Wanted to switch gears. Jason Tatum. Um, Another bad game. Well, I, got, shooting I, I, got, I got one more thing on the three-point shooting, John, because I do yep. think about – I think a lot about that too because it just irks me. Like I get nervous about it. I worry about it. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout to tell you about one of our sponsors here at The Garden Report, and that is HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Remember those New Year's goals you promised yourself you'd stick to? HelloFresh is here to help you eat better by delivering fresh ingredients and easy recipes right to your door. HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes. Skip all the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy. HelloFresh has 40 weekly recipes to choose from, so you don't have to worry about going through all of the same recipes in that recipe rut. You can just treat yourself and your family to exciting new flavors every week. No matter the lifestyle or your meal preferences, HelloFresh has recipes to please everyone at your table from fit and wholesome to veggie to meat to fish to family friendly. You'll always find something even the pickiest eaters will enjoy. You can customize select meals by swapping out proteins or sides or even add a protein or a veggie dish. You can upgrade to organic chicken or organic ground beef. And the pre-portioned ingredients make it so easy to just follow along with your recipe card, get a delicious home-cooked dinner on the table without all of the time-consuming meal planning or prepping. Why do I like HelloFresh? Easy. Almost every meal I've gotten from there has just been a slam dunk home run for me and the entire family. Just last week, we dug into lean, mean chicken and greens. My wife and I are trying to eat a little healthier these days. And the tropical fish tacos were a hit for everyone in the family. So what do you need to do to take advantage of this deal? Well, you go to HelloFresh.com slash Garden65. Use the code Garden65. You will get 65% off plus free shipping. Once again, HelloFresh.com slash Garden65. Use the code Garden65. 65% off your entire purchase. It's a terrific deal, plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. It's what I've been thinking about all year. Like yeah. What's going to prevent this team from winning a championship? And one of the big ones you have to think about is a cold spell from three. Uh, that's why I wanted Jakob Pertl. One of the biggest reasons beyond the Rob insurance is it gives you that other outlet at the rim to get 14 points or so uh, throughout the flow of a game by just throwing it to a guy in there. Rob doesn't provide the amount of attempts in there you're looking for. Horford doesn't really go in there much at all anymore. So I do get nervous. I wrote about it again on Friday. Like the reliance on the threes, they're, I think, fifth or sixth all time in attempts per game. Ever yeah, easy buckets are better than difficult buckets. I mean, there's no other yeah. way around it. I mean, look, unless you're well, elite from three. Three is worth know, more than two, and, but and I get what you're saying, John. It is, but you have to be able to knock it down at a very uh, at a very high clip. Uh, and if you can't rely on it consistently it in, in your the basis of your entire offense, that's what it is. Those dry games, you're just toast there. You know, like not being able to – 
not being able to have it in your bag too. You all, everybody wants to be a team that can knock down those shots and create space and have people that can make you pay if you pack the paint. That's great, but you still are always, your goal has to be attacking and you want to get in and you want to get those paint touches and you want to force the defense to collapse on you. And then you're kicking it out to shooters and that's great. You know, the quality of the three and how you get the threes matters as much as, you know, shooting them. Um, so you need that presence in there to kind of threaten a little bit. And um, sometimes they don't, as Bobby pointed out, they don't have it. They don't have that, you know, well, those guys real, down below there. The real concern is that your bonafide shooters, your bonafide scorers, Brown and Tatum, have really struggled. Are way down. Three yeah. all year. Another one of eight for Tatum tonight. Below 36% from three. He had that four-year start to his career. He's at 38%. Still can't really figure out why. Uh, but you're going to be looking at him if you get in a drought late in games. And he's another guy who takes nine a game. And I know your attempts go up, your points for possession go up. You don't have to shoot as high of a percentage on threes as you do on twos to get the points. I get all of it. And you have to do it now. Like, we can complain about it all we want. Everybody does it, so you have to do it just to give yourself a mathematical chance. But it changes a little bit in the playoffs where the sample size is smaller, where it's just a couple games that decide your fate. Um, I, I get nervous about it because look at those teams, the highest volume three-point teams ever. The Rockets from 21 are from 20 to 21. Nothing to show for. The Bucks in 19, 20, as well as last year, 22. Nothing to show for. The Warriors, they're the exception, but they had the best personnel ever to do it. Uh, and now the Celtics are going to try their hand at it. The volume of threes they're shooting is great. Would they shoot 51 in this one? Yeah. Yeah. It's <clears throat> a lot. And I get it. I totally get it. I get the explanations behind it. It just makes me nervous. We saw that two-month stretch there. They weren't the same team when they weren't falling. No, they're not. And at the end of the day, just from, you know, just from a, you know, standpoint in terms of the league, you know, the, the you know, they're. I was laughing the other night uh, inside the NBA, Charles Barkley. I, he had a lot of funny lines that show, but he's like, you know, there's not a lot of coaching in the league anymore. You just show up, and if the threes go in, you win. If they don't, you lose. <laughs> he's been all one about the three-point shooting. Yeah, he's, he's sick of it. I mean, it's a very boomer take. Too many threes, too many threes. It's obviously a key to NBA success. It's just, you know, there are teams that just shoot it because that's what they do, and there are teams who are just deadly and knock them down. We've seen the Celtics team back in the, you know, Jay Crowder being a three and D wing days where you'd see them line, get really good shots, work the ball for it under Brad. Get well, they're doing threes, that this year, which the, I do get like. those threes, and then they just weren't going in. They're shooting a league average clip at it or lower. You know, it's just that you know, it's 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 whether or not you have full faith. It's not the approach. Do you have faith in your shooters? And are there enough shooters out here? Are you truly one of the elite teams shooting wise? I mean, they're what like seventh or eighth overall in the NBA right now, but that's after a scorching start to the year. If you looked at their last couple months, they're probably I, I had done it before they were 23rd or 24th in three point percentage after that 21 and five start that number's gone up because they've been on fire the last two games but i kind of did that 26 and 26 split they were bottom they were bottom six or seven in three point percentage for as many games as they were number one so which team are you it's an identity thing you don't know if the first part was the real thing and the second part was the uh you know the 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 uh, the aberration or vice versa you know, you in guys, terms of like you're trying to figure it out over the last third of the season, I guess, right? Would you guys talk about Hauser? We talked about Hauser a lot. I've got yeah. a Jason Tatum graphic on the screen, and I'm First going in that direction minutes. right now. Right. Any concerns with Jason Tatum? Uh, I mean, there's no concerns with Jason Tatum. He's the best player on the team by miles and an obvious MVP candidate. But three games in February against three teams that you would consider to be among the better defensive teams uh, in the league, in Phoenix, uh, uh, Philly, and Memphis – Three of 16 uh, in this game, five of 15 against Philly, uh, three of 15 against Phoenix, 16 points, 12 points, 20 points. When faced with a team that can throw bodies at them, that has good individual defenders, uh, and again, there's always the shades of kind of Golden State and what they were able to do to him to take him out of his game. Um, and then you've got like the 41 against, you know, the worst defense in, you know, basketball against Charlotte and this and that. Uh, does it concern you watching him struggle? You know, like the fact that they're pointing out that Brooks has him locked up. I don't think Brooks shouldn't be able to lock up Tatum. What's your rod? I want to hear your take here. No, I, here's the thing. I think Brooks has the, the prototype build. 
to make life tough for Tatum. He's he's strong. He likes to be physical. And if we're be, keeping it honest and keeping it real, the refs let him play. He they gets did. six fouls, and he he commits about eleven per game, but only gets like maybe four or five called because again they, they allow him to do that. But I, I just think Tatum is getting to that point where certain matchups that traditionally give him fits. I think he's going to figure out the cheat code and make teams pay when it matters. Uh, I think he, he, when you look at his ascension to where he's at now, he's checked out pretty much every box that he's supposed to on a journey. Can you get past, you know, the teams that have had your number? Uh, can you beat teams that have elite players? Can you show up in those games? The only team that you really feel he still hasn't been able to kind of get a feel for to master them is Golden State. And understandably so, they're the they're that that's the the standard that teams measure themselves against. Uh, I'm not worried about Dylan Brooks. I don't think I don't think Memphis is going to be there at the end of the day. Uh, they 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 sell a lot of wolf tickets that they can't cash. No, I agree. Um, and 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 again, you have yeah. to point out it's not fair to say this. Um, um, that you know, it, it, there's no Jalen Brown. There's more attention on Tatum. Uh, you know, in right. these games, but. You know, I hate well, seeing I hate seeing it. I hate seeing anybody take him out of games. That's all, because it's almost right. like you just want it, You just want him to be invincible, right? You know, you're gonna have bad games because sometimes the shot just doesn't fall. I hate seeing him being taken out, but it's really hard. I mean, you see, not only there's a defender, there's somebody waiting there to double at the point of attack. It's always harder for him here. This is the classic make the other guys beat you game, and it's happened twice this week where the other guys did in fact beat you. So you're gonna take that every time. That ends right. up being a win for you. Yeah. And, and you're going to take that every time, especially because uh, a year ago, he's dribbling the heck out of the ball. He's trying to force the issue. He's thinking, oh, I got to carry right. this team. And he knows now that he's at a point in his career where that's not winning basketball. The best way is to get other guys involved, beat them you know, as a as a team. And that's exactly what they've done in these last couple of wins. I mean, he did do a little bit of that in the first quarter. And you know what? I think Shiraz, actually, you pointed out, we we're sitting next to each other. And he, you're like, oh, he's too much dribbling, too much dribbling. I'm like, man, that was – I just got a flashback of last season when he used to do that. And most of those games turned turned into L's and it turned into a very poor shooting night. Whereas today wasn't great either, but he was getting to the free throw line, trying to get other guys involved as well. Yeah. Um, so he's being so aggressive. Yeah. Jordan Point Foul Jackson. Uh, it too. is the Super Bowl. It is Sherrod's Eagles that are playing in it. We do want to give him a chance to get home and be able to see this game. So I want to get Sherrod in front of his television. We're going to wrap it up here. Final God, he's an Eagles fan. Yep. We talked about going. I was like, why? And then you said, yeah. I was like, oh, that's right. Eagles. Final Eagles. thoughts What final thoughts and predictions on the game here? Eagles by 15. Yep. Bobby? Uh, Bobby dead? I'll go Chiefs. That's not his normal face. He's frozen. Bobby hasn't been with us for a while, right? He okay, there Chiefs. he is. That's messed up. Let him finish. What happened? You Bobby went bye-bye. Oh, I saw him frozen on the screen. I was trying to get him back. Sorry. Bobby went bye-bye. You got me Bobby down? In here. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I'll, I'll go Chiefs. Why not? Let's see, let's see Mahomes get it done. Everyone's picking the Eagles, it seems like. I'll go the other way. Yeah, I'm going to go. See, I, I want to see that happen, Bobby, but I think Eagles got this one. I'll, I'll go 27-21, something like that. Eagles. Who's going to be the special guest at halftime? Uh, well, that's, that's not good enough for you, Sherrod? That's not good. Would you make it face? I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take right. that. Yeah, I think Eagles it. win, and I actually don't think it's close. I think I'm they're better. You, almo- I think they're better almost. I think they're better at almost every position in, on the field, with I mean, the exception of quarterback, tight end. You think this could be a blot? You know, Casey has some, you know, has some good guys up front, their offensive line, so they've been able to, you know, you know, do decent stuff there. But I just, I think the Eagles is like, this is a master class in roster building. That team is freaking stacked. So I'm going Eagles to build up a big lead and then Mahomes to, uh, to get it closer. He'll make it final interesting. Final score will be closer than the actual game, but I think the Eagles still win this one. I'm going to go uh, 38-31 with a massive comeback by, uh, by, uh, by Casey to make it that close. Anyway, we are going to wrap it. Thank you guys for hanging out. Uh, we're back on Tuesday, Wednesday, and then it's the all-star break. So we'll check out those games Milwaukee and Detroit um, and enjoy your Super Bowl stay safe if you're uh, going somewhere and then coming back make sure you kind of take it easy there uh, yeah, pass off those keys yeah have more wings than beers or at least you know have enough wings to soak up the beer uh, and yeah. do whatever you want there uh, Keep the liquor, as they say yeah well uh, that move right there good tip. that move yep uh, but we will see it thanks thank you guys again for hanging out we'll see you guys later